Hey guys, thank you for joining Dr. Matters Podcast. I believe, without a shadow of a doubt, if there's ever a time to get a teaching, to get a doctrine, to have something to stand on, have something to hold on to, something that represents you, it's right now. Um, I've been praying about a certain topic about the very elect and I'm just going to get right into it. How can somebody be living for Jesus, on fire for Jesus, and all of a sudden they are 100% out of church the next day? How can somebody be so strong in the Lord and the next day not even be in the church? My, my thought, my focused thought for a few moments is, you know, don't let it be easy to fail. Don't let it be easy to backslide. Because we're living in a day where everybody's faith is being tried. Before you get into the trial, you have to have a made-up mind and you have to have a made-up heart. Look, I'm going to serve Jesus regardless of what happens or not. I'm going to serve Jesus regardless if everybody around me is serving Jesus. I'm going to live for God regardless if everybody else lives for God. You know, why why are we even Christian? Why are we even in this walk? Why are we even in this relationship with Jesus? Are we doing this for man? Are we doing this to be seen? Because eventually people will go away and nobody will see you. This goes right along with the idea that if you're doing things in demand, you've got a Pharisee attitude, trying to be seen. I know we advertise to promote the name of Jesus and to show what we're doing, but that's better be all that we're doing to get people's attention when we show what we're doing for Jesus Christ. Social media, all different forms of of the media, should only be for the sole purpose of praising the name of Jesus and lifting him up and explaining to everybody, this is where you come to get the glory of God. This is where you come to get your power. There's a scripture says in Matthew 24, 24, For there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible that shall deceive the very elect. Understand if it were possible they can deceive the very elect. Think about that. The the strongest people that you know There's going to be false Christ rise up and they're going to do signs. So let's talk about our fellowship, who we're hanging out with. Let's talk about the people that's around us first. Because it looks like here, if you've got your eyes set on false prophets and false Christ, then that's danger zone 
that's an area where Christians should have uh, discernment and have some knowledge about the Word of God to look at this and say, look, we probably shouldn't be hanging around. We probably shouldn't be fellowshipping. What, what fellowship hath light with darkness? Well, I, I seen them pray over somebody and God healed somebody. God healed three people in the middle of one church service. Surely this guy has got God on his side. Surely this guy has got the anointing of God. The Bible says that they are going to show great signs. I don't question the signs. I don't question speaking in tongues. I don't question when there's healings or devils coming out. They're going to show themselves that that they are spiritual, that they could do many wonderful works. Be careful following signs. It's a wicked generation that seeks after signs. But somebody is going to look at signs as a thermometer, whether somebody's got God, the hand of God on their life. There's so many scripture verses I want to go to right now. One of them in which the Bible talks about, have we all not prophesied in thy name? Have we all not? Let's go to it because this is something very vital to understand. Matthew 7 and verse 21. It says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many shall say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have we not cast out devils? And in thy name have we not done many wonderful works? Then I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. So, this tells me that people's going to, in Jesus' name, prophesy. Speak a word and it come to pass. They're going to cast out devils in the name of Jesus. And they're going to do many wonderful works. And it says, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. I, I hope this is making sense because you can't question the signs you can question the doctrine you can't question the signs you can correct you can question their salvation you have a you have to you have a right to there's no other way to get to heaven other than that which is laid down by the apostles if you go any other way you're a thief and a robber God forbid that we think we know more than the, the disciples. God forbid we think we know more than the original church. And um, so let us contend to the faith that was once delivered to the saints. That means we've got to constantly be redirecting ourselves toward the word of God and toward the Christians of the New Testament church. 
But how do you keep yourself following him? You once were baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, and then all of a sudden now you're homosexual, don't believe in baptism in Jesus' name, and you're doing whatever you think you want to do, whatever you think it seems right. So this is, this is a message to you. You have to put safeguards in your life so that you don't fall. And the first thing you got to do to put safeguards is you've got to watch out who you hang out with. There's a saying, birds of the feather flock together. If you're hanging out with the wrong crowd, you're going to end up being your surroundings. My mind goes to Lot. He could have pitched his tent toward anywhere. He could have pitched his tent toward any of the regions Whatever he aimed his family, that was going to be his. Abraham says, you go left, I'll go right. You go right, I'll go left. And what happened was, he chose the most vile city in the entire world to pitch his house toward. Warning, if you have a television in your home, you are risking a lot experience. The whole house is going to be burning down and you're going to be called out of your own town. You see, I don't know why he pitched his tent toward Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know why he was he was attracted to those those people. But when you find out, when the angels came to bring Lot's family out of that city, you'll find out that he was wrapped up in the middle of that city, in the governments of that city. And it ended up being more than pitched his tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah. I preached the message, what is your living room pitched toward? Is it pitched toward Hollywood? The Church of the Living God, the United Pentecostal Church, and the WPF was born later on, but the United Pentecostal Church took a major stand against television, against preaching on television. And the WPF still upholds that conviction of keeping that out of your life. The Aleister Crowley once said that the television is the devil's outreach program. Media shapes our fashions, shapes our cities. Fads and fashions go through Hollywood and then goes into our societies and it gets pushed out through our living rooms and into our lives. It's very interesting to me. Once somebody makes a decision to compromise who they're hanging out with, the very next thing they start compromising is whether they should have a television in their home. One preacher said it, you're going to drop your kid off uh, at 
New York City, New York, on the street corner, and tell them I'll come back to get you in an hour. Why would you do that with a television? And of course, why would you do that with the internet? There's got to be safeguards. There's got to be something in your spirit that says, you know what? What am I doing here? Am I... Do I have an if it were possible? Do I have an if in my life? It says, and if it were possible, that shall deceive the very elect. I'm not shocked to see angels come down and preach another gospel. In fact, the Bible says, though we are an angel from heaven, preaching the other gospel, let him be accursed. The Bible also says that Satan can transform himself to an angel of light. If you got an angel telling you and speaking to you that the apostolic way is not right, I'm here to tell you the angel's wrong. I'm not questioning whether you've seen an angel. I'm questioning, or I'm telling you the angel's wrong. I'm not questioning one guy was telling me this false doctrine and he was looking down at his arms because he had visible goosebumps. I told him, I said, I'm not shocked to see the goosebumps. I'm not moved to see you excited right now. What I'm moved is by the word of God and the power of his word. And what you're saying doesn't line up with what's in the Bible. Don't you know that Muhammad went up on a mountain and the Quran was taught to him by an angel? Angels don't teach, my brothers and sisters. Somebody was watching television, Carlton Pearson was watching television. Number one problem that that guy was doing. Actually, number one problem is he don't believe in that God was manifested in the flesh. But number two problem, he's watching TV and he's seeing these uh, African people uh, dying overseas of a famine. And so he questions with uh, verbally, he says it right out loud, how can a God of love send these people to hell? You start questioning the word of God, you better believe that there's going to be a force come around you. Listen to me. There's going to be a force come around you and there's go you're going to see... Uh, the supernatural show up and it's not going to be from the Holy Ghost the spirit of truth it's not going to be from the word of God it's going to be a demonic force present to deceive you false Christ and false prophets and though we are an angel from heaven preaching any other gospel let him be accursed so I, I say, let's stick with the Word of God. Now, this is the next crucial element in order to keep you from falling. Who is your pastor? Who is your elder? How many people do you have a network of men around you that will help you and keep you from falling? Will hold you up in prayer? Will be there to listen to your revelations. Let's stop there. 
the question whether you've got a good spirit about a revelation you see is are you willing to tell your elders about a revelation that you've seen in the word of God knowing that they may not agree with it let that sink in are you willing to speak to your elder to your pastor to your fellow minister a revelation and be full prepared that they may reject it and take the word of God and correct you because the word of God is there for correction too for reproof line upon line precept upon precept precept here a little there a little you got to take every scripture interpret off of scripture scripture on scripture in order to understand hermeneutics you take not just one scripture and run and make a doctrine but you take accumulation of several scriptures by the mouths of two or three witnesses let it be established take a scripture on scripture and if you got a revelation you present it to the elders and let them uh, purge it let them purify it let them let them look at it when you know you've got a bad spirit is you're not willing to tell your elders your revelation oh I got a revelation that men can go ahead and leave their hair long okay let's think about it let's bring that to your pastor well he won't agree with it then stop thinking about it that's too strong well my pastor won't like it then stop it when you go against the man of God and you go against his teaching that's when you're meddling with the man of God and the word of God so if you're afraid to present your revelation to your elders now here's what happens if you've got a revelation that differs with the word of God and differs with your elders if you don't fix this guess what's going to happen you're going to change your surroundings and you're going to start hanging out with people that doesn't that believes the same way you do you're going to look in all the earth to see find a handful of people that believe the same way you do how can somebody start taking snakes and handling snakes in church service and dying because they're getting bit and still follow this doctrine the apostolic church across the board looks at that and rejects that that idea don't tempt the lord your god oh elder oh pastor i know that scripture verse but i don't agree with that scripture verse i don't think it was applying to that and because you're not accepting what i this revelation that i've got I'm going to go find somebody that's going to accept it with me. That's not finding pastors. That's not finding good elders. You're just finding, you have itchy ears. Trying to find somebody that's going to agree with you. That's going to accept your revelations. We're not supposed to be carried away by every wind of doctrine. The Bible commands us, don't be carried away by every wind of doctrine. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. You have to be fact-checked, preacher. You have to have a clarity and be able to present your doctrines to your men of God and to your elders in your church.
and and this goes right along with um, what I'm saying. It's good to have an organization that can keep you and keep you held accountable because it's a fellowship. It's a fellowship people that you can go with that preaches the same thing. The Bible says, let us be one mind and one accord. And every revelation has to line up with the corporate church, the church worldwide. What does the Bible say about this? What's the word of God say about this? So we go on the idea of skirt lengths. Well, who are you going to side with? Now they're wearing miniskirts and putting leggings on the miniskirts and thinking it's okay. That's just pants. That's very, uh, that's yoga pants is what it is. Leggings is yoga pants. And, and you can't just put another label on it and call it, call it that. It, pants is pants no matter which way you swing it. So the, I got a revelation that it's okay for a girl to wear miniskirts. Well, bring that to your preacher. Bring that to the church worldwide. And say, you know what? I believe this. What do you have to say about it? And if they correct you, and if they rebuke you and show you where nakedness is a shame, and we're not to make bare the thigh, and, and that's brought to the surface, and if you don't change, that's called rebellion. 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 You go against the church, you go against your leadership. You don't agree with what they have to say. So, either you stop going to fellowships because everybody around you doesn't want to see your ladies in miniskirts. Either you find a fellowship that says miniskirts is okay. Regardless, it's a backsliding. Because when we got into church, we stopped wearing that stuff. We got right with God. Amen. Some people don't even think it's a, it's a sin to be naked. I think it's okay. Well, Adam and Eve would not have been clothed if it was okay. They felt shame showing their body parts and they took fig leaves to cover their body parts. So the scripture says in 2 Peter 1 and 4, whereby we are given an excellent, great, and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. You want to keep yourself falling? You want to keep yourself... Don't let it be easy from failing? Have you... Uh, through the Holy Ghost... Was able to escape the corruption that is in the world through lust? Are you governed by lust right now? Are you governed by your flesh? You want to, you want to fall? You want to fail easy? You allow yourself to be motivated and move through lust I'll just leave that right there because a lot of preachers have a problem with morality and unless they get that taken care of they can't even take care of the church of the living God
breathe. You let lust fester in your spirit throughout the week. When you preach the word of God, everybody's going to be affected through your lust. You have to get that taken care of. And besides this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to your virtual knowledge, and to your knowledge temperance, and to your temperance patience, and to your patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall never be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You want to see a church that's struggling? You want to see a pastor that's struggling? That can't get himself right with God and unless get other people? That you're not going to see virtue. You're not going to see knowledge. Temperance. Patience. Godliness. Brotherly kindness. Preachers gossiping against one another. God forbid that ever happens. Yeah, you got to talk about mark them that cause division among you. That's just business. But when it comes anywhere other than that, and it goes into slandering, and it goes into tearing down, that's where we got a problem. It says, if things th these things abide in you, and make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful. I don't know about you, but I want to have revival. I want to have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I don't just want people to come to church. I want them to be saved. Real revival is when we take TVs and smash them in the streets. We take witchcraft books and burn them. Real revival, not just getting people in the church baptized in Jesus' name, is when there's conversions. It's not just enough to get a click on Google. We got to get that that converted over to a cell. We got to get that converted over to somebody that receives his call to be repented and to be changed as a have a changed life. I want to be fruitful. And when you're fruitful, you're you're that keeps you from falling. That keeps you standing upright. That keeps you from messing around with sin getting your head in the wrong places and hanging out with the wrong crowd. Verse 9 says, But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. So, you, you are, you're lacking this brotherly kindness. You're lacking this virtue and patience and godliness. And, you know, I'm going to say it like this. It's not godly for Christians to go to sports games and scream and holler and, and hang out with the gods of this world. You know, it's not right if we go and give more attention to sporting arenas than we do to God. I'm almost done. Verse 10, Wherefore, that you rather, brethren, give all diligence to make sure your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an inheritance, or I'm sorry, for an 
entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is part one. Don't let it be easy to fall. Who are you hanging out with? Where is your pastor? Where is your elders? You don't have a pastor? You're in danger. Who are you hanging out with? Are you hanging out with a bunch of people that don't take a stand? That don't have a standard? That don't follow the old paths? Don't let it be easy to fall. What are you listening to? What are you watching? What do you listen to on the internet? What do you listen to on the radio? What are you watching? Is it flesh? Is it sensual? Is it demonic? Is it... It doesn't have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. It all matters. You have to understand that we've got to be right with our Lord Jesus Christ before it's too late. Thank you for listening, Dr. Matters. This is part one of a two-part series. God bless you, and have a great day.